Perhaps you've never considered yourself to be much of a leader. Maybe it's because you're not a business owner or the CEO of the company you work for. You might even say you've never held a leadership role in, in any of your jobs or activities, past or present. Holding a position of leadership in government, for example, or other public or private capacities would be absolutely unthinkable to you. But as a parent, leadership is somewhat forced upon you. It's ordained by God. You've actually been appointed to a very high and important office. Being a good parent is about being a good leader. But before you panic, remember that much of good leadership comes from the common sense values, feelings, and intuition that God himself has put in you. Leading from your gut. That's next on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long residential program for teens in crisis located just north of Atlanta, Georgia. Our host is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. I'm Rich Rosal, and Trace, much of today's program is going to be about what our guest calls leading from your gut. Uh, I think you've been known to call it leading from the seat of your pants yeah. a time or two. Others might call it intuition or uh, leading by the Spirit. For those of us who uh, trying to be responsible parents, how are we supposed to trust something that just doesn't seem to be tangible, especially when nowadays empirical scientific evidence is what a lot of people almost worship? Yeah, right. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever left your house and you, and you knew you were forgetting something? A about every other day. In fact, sometimes I probably forget the house. Yeah, like me. And then three miles down the road, you're still thinking about what you might have forgotten. But uh, for the life of you, you just can't think where it could be. So you quit thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, it hits you. Oh, my sunglasses, right? About, uh, about the time I look in the sun. Well, yeah. I, I knew I was forgetting something, uh, you know, and, but just as you turn left uh, in, into the sun, you realize, okay, it was my sunglasses. So you knew, but you couldn't put your finger on it. That intangible whatever was pricking your cognitive faculties. But what exactly is it, Rich, that, that, that made you think you were forgetting something in the first place? Uh, well, some folks might call it intuition. Whatever it is, these gut feelings very often happen in the course of raising our kids. And sometimes as good leaders or as good parents, uh, we have to trust our gut, even when external things appear to contradict what our gut is telling us. And so we stall for time trying to figure out, you know, why I want to tell my kid no or, or, or why I want to tell my kid yes. Uh, these are the times when we're most likely to answer our kids with a, we'll see, right? Or, or I'll pray about that or I'll get back to you or my dad's particular favorite because I said so, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, today's guest has written a, a book that, that isn't necessarily focused on parenting specifically, but more on the leadership qualities that can be invaluable in the course of raising our kids. It's called Leading from Your Gut, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about it. Yeah, and incidentally, I'm remembering a sermon series that uh, uh, my pastor spoke on years ago called Having a Peace. And it's sort of this same thing. It's like, I don't know why I don't feel this way, but for some reason I don't have a peace in my spirit about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, ties into to the feeling of the spirit or being being led, yeah. you know, to do this thing. Well, let me introduce our guest. Dr. John Townsend is, as we say, a repeat offender on Licensed to Parent. He's been with us several times before. He may not normally fall into the category of parenting expert because he's really better known as a business consultant and a leadership coach 
He's also a psychologist, but he has written or co-written 30 books which have sold 10 million copies, including the New York Times best-selling Boundaries series, Leadership Beyond Reason, and Handling Difficult People. Anyone who's a parent deals with that quite frequently, Handling Difficult People. He also wrote a book uh, in 2018 that we really wanted to talk about today, though, and that's what we referenced just a moment ago, Leading from Your Gut, How You Can Succeed by Harnessing the Power of Your Values, feelings, and intuition. Uh, Incidentally, Dr. Townsend is a co-host of the nationally syndicated talk show New Life Live, which is heard in about 180 markets. He's founder of the Townsend Institute for Leadership and Counseling, which offers online graduate degrees and credentialing in organizational leadership, executive coaching, and in counseling. Uh, John co-founded and directed a healthcare company for 10 years, which uh, operates in, uh, I believe, 35 cities in the western U.S., and he's active on the board of Mustard Seed Ranch, which is another residential program uh, for abused children. He's a resident of Newport Beach, California. John and his wife, Barbie, have two sons, Ricky and Benny. Well, John, welcome back to License to Parents. A pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Trey. Well, uh, parenting aside, uh, generally speaking, what does it mean to lead from the gut? I mean, you kind of heard my take on it a little bit, but uh, t- tell me uh, uh, your take. Well, first off, you know, guys, when you think about parenting, it is leadership. Right. So I think we can easily combine these uh, concepts that every parent has got to be a leader. You're guiding someone, you're developing someone, you're structuring someone, you're helping someone find their gifts, you're helping them focus. So it's truly, truly one of the most important leadership positions we can have. Absolutely. Isn't it really being a, a parent or having a family the most kind of fundamental form of government when you think about it? Well, when you do think about it, uh, when you look at how everything in life starts, it starts with the family. And the family is kind of an oven to create a, a, a good thing called a, a functioning adult who's a nice person and mm-hmm. does well and has great relationships and has something to do. And everything forms from the family. Government does, uh, organizations do, and all that. So when we look at the, the leadership of, uh, that a parent does, moms or dads, from the gut, what, what I mean in the book is that God gave us um, a brain that's got two aspects to it, left side and right side. And mm-hmm. they're not really geographically left and right. The, 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 I study a lot of neuroscience, and we thought that was really on the left side and the right side. They're, you should use those words now. But they're in there. They're, they're, they're left and right functions. And the left brain function is r- logical and rational and uses numbers and all this. And, you know, kind of like, let me see the empirical evidence, like you and I were talking in the show prep. The right side, though, is emotional and passionate and intuitive and all this. And what we find out is that a lot of people don't trust that other side. They don't Mm -hmm. trust that passionate, intuitive gut side. They only trust the the logical and rational. But the problem is, they're both necessary. We found out with the in all the research in highly successful leaders, that the ones that only looked at the numbers and didn't trust their gut, they didn't make great decisions. The ones that only looked at the gut and not the numbers, they didn't make great decisions. That's why the concept from the book is, is you better be going into your leadership and your parenting without using half a brain. You've got to use your whole brain. Amen. I mean, isn't that why God-ordained marriage is, is so critical because of the, usually women work off more of the right side, I guess, and men the left side. But to put in those two things together, 
uh, you get you have the synergy that makes uh, for uh, for good leadership and and th- things for our for our kids to follow. Is there something to that? Absolutely. I mean, and, and actually, we're finding out now that that um, women are much more logical than we thought, and men have more feelings than we thought too. So, so, but but think about the normal family interaction. So, suppose. You know, Jimmy is 13 and he's acting out. Maybe he's, who, who knows, he's, maybe he's smoking weed and now it's a big mess because, you know, the, the parents are saying, gosh, we never dreamed that he'd be doing this. And so one parent is flipping out and going upside down and the other one says, well, let's look at kind of like the big picture here. Let's get him help and let's find a good, you know, mentor and find a good therapist and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. One's taking the, the rational view, but sometimes they just go into the, here's what we're going to do, here's the problem, how to solve it. And the emotion one wants to say, but let's understand why this happened. It's not just let's get it fixed. Is there something in, our, in the way that we're raising him or training him or nurturing him that's not going right? So you've got to have, when Jimmy's in trouble, somebody who's, who knows the emotional aspects and the gut aspect as well as the one who understands the rational aspect. Mm-hmm. That's good parent. Now, this whole gut thing, you know, it's not some kind of metaphysical approach that is an, uh, antagonistic to science, right? Absolutely. What we found out is that when you look at the studies on, on intuition, because when I was writing the book, I did a lot of study on that, a lot of intuition has to do with what I call um, compressed memories. Let me give you an example. Suppose you, you were skiing and you, you, know, you mess up your leg, and so you, you just know you can't walk on it. So you go to your doctor, a doctor sends you to a radiologist and says, I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of it and take the x-rays. And you go to see the radiologist and say, okay, doc, you know, what do you see? And, and, it, and the doctor's got all these, ra- these x-rays of that leg up. And she says, well, you've got a, a torn meniscus. And you go, really? Where? And she points over here. And you say, that just looks like a blob to me. And she goes, no, it's, um, it's clear. And then you say, how do you know it's a torn meniscus? I can't see anything. And she says, because I've seen 10,000 of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning, it looked like a gut call, like she's just kind of coming out of, you know, from, from the ether, but she's had all of these memories and experiences that say, I know exactly what this is. The same thing is true with our brains. We have lots of memories of something, lots of experiences of something, and we go, yeah, I know what this is like. I know what this kid's like. I know what this parent's like. And I can tell you that you guys, you know, you guys are one of the best out there with what you do with kids. And you've got people that can go in, hear the story, and in a few minutes you kind of go, well, I kind of know this is going. That's because you've got all these compressed memories of experience and talent all in one place. Mm-hmm. So there, there is also an intuitive gift, I believe. And I just believe some people just kind of make these hyperspace moves, like really, really good therapists. I've seen really good pastors, teachers, therapists, educators. They can just make these leaps, and that's just a gift. But most of the time, it's just these compressed memories of experience. Sure, absolutely. You know, there's been 70,000 books, uh, according to our friend John Roseman, written on parenting over the years. Um, Why haven't more authors addressed the value and reality of leading as a parent uh, from your gut? What do you think? You know, what I've found is that we, we tend to be a little skeptical or maybe hesitant about the gut because if emotions and, and intuition get seen sort of as the, uh, the ugly stepkid. For example, you ever been you know, to a, a, a church board meeting, or organizational board meeting, and somebody says, how'd the meeting go? And somebody goes, it was okay, but things got emotional. 
Mm. Well, that doesn't mean some great things happen, right? right <laughs> that, right. Means, exactly. that means something negative and crazy and somebody melted down. And, and so it, it's never been seen as an essential part to leading parenting organizations, churches, anything. And so I think people just haven't trusted it very much. And that what we've found out now is that, uh, that those people have been limited. For example, look at all the uh, research on emotional intelligence, EQ. We found out that you can have a really smart leader, really smart parent who, you know, great IQ, but if they don't know how to read their own feelings, their own gut, sure. if they don't know how to read other people's and other people's guts, their kids fail and their businesses fail. Yeah. So it's just been a matter of not trusting something that God created many, many years ago and said, trust it. For example, Jesus is walking down in, in the Gospels and he sees somebody in trouble and says that Jesus is, he said his, his, it was the, I believe it was the woman um, with the issue of blood, mm-hmm. says that he was moved from his bowels. Yeah. It didn't say, he thought to himself and he said, now what's the strategic thing for me to do today? I've got from 10 to 11 open, that's my office hours. Well, she's here. He just, he was moved from his bowels. That was intuitive. That was emotional. That was passion. So God trusted. We need to trust it. Right. Our guest here on License to Parent today is Dr. John Townsend. He's author of the book, Leading from Your Gut, How You Can Succeed by Harnessing the Power of Your Values, Feelings, and Intuition. And we are going to take a quick break here on License to Parent, a quick reminder that uh, you can hear other conversations we've had in, in the past with Dr. Townsend. You can also hear all of our past programs when you visit us online at LicensedToParent.org. Back with more right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org.
We're talking today on Licensed to Parent with Dr. John Townsend about his book, Leading from Your Gut, How You Can Succeed in Harnessing the Power of Your Values, Feelings, and Intuition. And Dr. Townsend, we really want to, I guess, uh, take a turn here and get to some really practical stuff here and uh and, and and ask how we how we make this real and maybe even bring in some case studies. Yeah, Trace. I mean, as a parent, what does leading from your gut actually look like? Give us an example. Absolutely. You know, as a parent, you, you got to learn to lead from your gut because you got to pivot on your feet pretty fast. I've never seen a 13-year-old kid stand there while you're trying to think rationally about something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're... They have no rationality anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and so to think, can we walk through this logically? You know, Susie, while Susie's screaming and yelling, disrespecting, <laughs> you got to be pretty agile. And let's just kind of play with a. You know, I have so many case studies. Uh, a book I wrote, uh, Boundaries with Teens, had a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. But let's think of a case study where um, a young man, let's call him Sammy. He's been flaking out on the homework. You know, he plays video games and kind of like skips around and just kind of walks around the room. And, you know, you know, he's going to, and his grades haven't been great anyway, and he's got a lot of potential, but he's just not sitting down at those designated hours that every home ought to have. You know, when you get home, go get a snack, you know, take a break, get with your homework, and then you have dinner and you help mom with, and dad with dinner, and then afterwards you help clean up, and then you go back to homework, then you have some playtime. Everybody's got this kind of before and after dinner sort of designated homework times because kids have a lot of homework these days. Right. So, but, but Jimmy's not having it. He's squirreling out, and he thinks that we're being really unfair. So I, I'll, be, I'll be the dad, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be the dad that's, that can lead from his gut, and I'll try to do this right, okay. and I need Who's going to be Jimmy I'll, in, this, I'll be, in our studio? I'll, I'll be Jimmy. And, and let me mention also that I, my wife and I have had some discussions about this with our kids even. Because when I get into conflict with, with my kids about something like this, I tend to gravitate toward a very logical, calm posture. In other mm-hmm. words, I, I want to, I guess, deflate any anger or hostility that's going on, and I just want to deal with it, and I tend to be more logical in this. And I've gotten my hand slapped uh, by my wife and my kids because they say it, it's like you don't even care. Um, and and I, I, I do care. Need, I think we need Trace to be your wife and slap your hand while we're doing this. Okay, I'll, I'll be. Or, I'm, or slap my hand. I'll no, be I'm Debbie. the dad. I slap my yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's child abuse. Okay, so <laughs> so I don't. Uh, for, first of all, my grades aren't that bad. I'm getting my work done, and I mean, this is stupid stuff. It's busy work. I don't. I, I don't need this. Dad. Yeah, it sounds like you. Yeah, and and I'm glad we're talking about it, Jimmy, because I can see you're getting kind of upset and feel like I'm being unfair and over strict, right? Yes. I'm, I mean, there's no sense. My friends are all online. I want to be online with them. There's this cool game that we've been playing, and like I said, I'm getting my work done. I stay up late naturally. So, what difference does it make if I'm up till two o'clock this morning doing my work? I get it done, if as much as I need to, anyway. So, why does it matter? Well, number one, I, I understand that, and I understand that you might be wired that way, but I, I think here's the problem. I think that maybe mom and I haven't really been clear about you or to, with you about these kind of requirements and talked with you about it and, and, and gotten your input and all that, and maybe we need to have kind of a here's the ground rules for how you study and go to sleep and that sort of thing and maybe print it up. 
But I've got to tell you, um, everything that I've been able to tell from you as a person and the research and everything is that 2AN does not going to work. You're going to have a much more uh, realistic bedtime, and there are these designated times for study. And, Jimmy, we got to stick to them. So I'm, I really understand your frustration, but i am really got to hold a line with you on this. Let's point out some principles. We just, we just kind of in a funny way, we did some principles. One is that the gut said, you sure the very first thing I said when Jimmy kind of told me I was an idiot, the very first thing I said was, yeah, it must be frustrating to have all these rules and stuff. And went, yes, they are. So I aligned with him. My gut said, before I lay down the rule, I've got to express how he feels in a way that he goes, okay, even though we disagree, dad understands me. Sure. We, we call that getting in the well in my organization, that I got in Jimmy's well, even though I'm going to have a totally different outcome, because if, if he doesn't feel like I get his perspective of being too restricted and frustrated, and gosh, I'm already doing okay, if, if he doesn't get that dad understands that, logic and ration just, just took a fast boat to Venezuela. Yeah. Well, doesn't it kind of boil down to a, a discipline and a self-discipline? I mean, uh, Jimmy might have, you know, uh, an artist mentality. Maybe maybe he's going to go mm -hmm. into a career like that or maybe lesbian mm -hmm. dance theory that, you know, I mean, it's just not going to go anywhere. And to, to, to work mm -hmm. till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, maybe as a bartender maybe, but most of the world functions you know, on a nine to five or whatever. And if, if he could exercise the self-discipline uh, while he's living in my home to, to, to do this thing so that he could perhaps better acclimate to the real world, then I've done my job. You want to sleep at two o'clock in the morning on your dime under your roof while you're paying your rent, you know, or whatever, do it. But here, this house has boundaries. And I, I think it, it's a matter of self-discipline and, and a submission yeah. to legitimate authority at that particular point. And, and by the way, very practical uh, side benefit of this, when our kids have had similar arguments, we, we've had to remind them, you know, one of the things you do when you're doing your homework is you come to us for help. We're not available at 2 <laughs> in the morning. That's a good point. Yeah, and, uh, and shouldn't have to be. So, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so there, there are a lot of reasons why we need to have some of these restrictions. Yeah. And I'm sorry, John, your, your point? Well, I really like the part about the discipline because, you know, when you read what the Bible says about it, it says, you know, we're supposed to raise kids in the discipline and admonition of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Discipline basically gives a child a choice. If you learn things like how to say no to yourself and how to be focused and how to persevere and how to be patient, how to stay on task, and you learn that in the zero through 18, 19 years that they're at home, I'm in California, so that, that is, is, is uh, 37 in California. Yeah, there's very little <laughs> discipline out there. <laughs> yeah. But if you learn that in those critical first two decades, then you've got a choice. Then you can be an artist or a sculptor or you can be an airline pilot or a, or a, or a business person or, or whatever. You've got a choice over what you do. But, but the kids that don't learn discipline because the parents say, well, maybe they shouldn't have to because they're artistic – then they, they have very few choices in life that require any discipline. So it, all it does is it gives them a foundation so they can make good choices according to their passions and their calling. Lately, I've heard many quote-unquote parenting experts drawing a line of demarcation between discipline and punishment, saying that punishment is a negative thing because it, it looks backwards, while, while discipline is a positive thing because it looks forward. That, that doesn't sound biblical to me. I mean, aren't we supposed to learn from history by looking backwards? Uh, what's your take on that? I believe the same thing. You know, God always says 
this is going to happen to you, Israel. You know, you guys are acting crazy in the wilderness. And because you keep thinking about Egypt and you're not listening to me, we've got to do X, Y, and Z so you'll have a better future. I don't think God separates uh, the past and the future. The past is a lesson to have right choices in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely. I mean, how does this idea that punishment is negative and counterproductive jive with Scripture's account of a wise God who used it as a learning tool? I mean, there's a passage of Scripture in Proverbs that says, flog a mocker, and the simple will learn prudence. So it's basically, you're learning uh, from something that, that that the derelict kid did from the past. And so uh, if, if punishment is, is something that, I think it's a small component of discipline, uh, but to, to say that we have to take that out of the equation, or that's two separate things. I think is a huge mistake. Well, there's a really good term we found out in the clinical literature called fragilizing, and I think our culture sort of fragilizes our children. Now, oh, children absolutely. are more vulnerable. I mean, and and, and a, a child is much more vulnerable than a grown-up. That's just a fact. But now we take anybody who doesn't like a different opinion or doesn't like doesn't want to, you know, have some negative feelings like frustration because my parents have me on timeout or whatever on curfew and they say well that's going to wound their self-esteem and their self-image nothing could be further than the truth if you treat your child like they're broken china and fragilize them what you create is two things you create a child who's more dependent and non-functional and you create a child who's entitled and feels entitled to everything so this whole thing about the child should never feel bad and never experience negative things does not prepare him for the future at all. Well, John, uh, we're out of time, man. Uh, I wish, we, boy, we could do this forever. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your book and uh, uh, for what you do. You're, all the ministries uh, that you're involved with, helping people and expanding the kingdom in, in uh, width and depth, I, I do appreciate it. And I've got a quick last question for you just before we let you go. As we're saying goodbye, can you tell us a little bit about the book that you've got coming out in June called People Fuel, How Energy from Relationships Transforms Life, Love, and Leadership, because that sounds like that may be a future conversation we have with you. Yeah, we're really excited about it, guys. It comes from the idea that we've got to get energy from somewhere. You know, life is hard. We're all stressed out. We're all tired. We're supposed to get energy from the normal things you think about, uh, working out and good nutrition and sleeping enough and positivity and our relationship with God. But also the neurology and the Bible teach there's another source of energy, which is having the right people in our lives. Mm-hmm. You've got to know what the nutrients are that people can give you, just like your body needs calcium and iron and potassium. Your body needs nutrients, what I call a relational nutrients, from each other. You give them and receive them. So it's a whole way to look at how to get better energy and better focus in life by the quality of the people you're around. Hmm. It's called People Fuel, due out in June 2019. The book we've been talking about today, Leading from Your Gut, How You Can Succeed by Harnessing the Power of Your Values, Feelings, and Intuition. You'll find uh, both those books and all of John's other books wherever you buy your books, uh, online or otherwise. And uh, Dr. John Townsend, thank you so much. Appreciate your being on Licensed to Parent. Thank you, sir. And guys, thank you for Shepherd Hill Academy. You're doing world-class work. I've sent people to you. You're getting great results. So keep up the good work. Excellent. Thanks 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 so much. And a reminder, you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. While you're there, by the way, you can hear past conversations on a variety of topics crucial to today's Christian parent and Christian teen. You can also check out Trace's blog and learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program for troubled teens. 
And you know, as we mention each week, residential care is an expensive prospect for any family, and we would certainly hate to think that a family couldn't get the help it needs simply for lack of funding. We're committed to doing our part every day to offer what help we can, but we need others to do their part as well in order for this work to continue. If you feel that God would have you step up in this area and help financially, we would be most grateful, and your donation in any amount would be a big help. You can donate securely online by clicking the Donate tab at the top of the page when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl asking you to let a friend know about the program and then plan on joining us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.